Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, This week, I'm super excited. We're kind of getting away from my weekly just question and interview type questions. And we're really diving into a topic that all of us business owners can all use some help with. So I'm super excited to have Luis Baez on the show. He is a business strategist and a sales trainer. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, Nicole. I am pumped to be here. I am very excited to take a break and enjoy some bubbly in the middle of the day. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped uh, to get into all things sales and business and the wacky world of online business. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, there's, it's such a crazy but fun place um, to be. But <laughs> yeah, like I said, I was I was looking at your website before and I just love everything that you do. And I love how you have like videos like and <laughs> Like, you know, it kind of like prompts you to go to the next thing. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's one of my my uh, little secret sauce arsenals uh, in my, my tool chest here. It's called Video Ask. It's an amazing opportunity to really personalize the way that you engage with people and embed these interactive video experiences throughout your website and landing pages. And it's been a game changer for my business. It's been a game changer for um, you know my clients. And I think it really is a good starting point for us to think about what does it mean to sell this day and age, mm-hmm. um, especially now with all the murmurs of getting away from sleazy mm-hmm. sort of tactics or traditional sort of marketing strategies and looking to personalize the way that people engage with one another. Um, I think that this is one of those like secret sauce type of things that I'm I'm happy to to get ahead of the curve with. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I've only seen it on one other person's website. And like, you're right, it was so personalized. And I felt like I already had knew you before we jumped on this call. And yeah, it was just <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, in digging in your website, I see that you have worked for some major players. So like, Tell us, you know, about like how you got into all this, you know, like what got you started, your experience, like all that fun stuff. Yeah, that's a great question, Nicole. So let's take a step back, um, not to like my first, you know, days as a kid or anything, but right. <laughs> just thinking about like as a career overall, um, I'm someone that grew up in poverty. I'm first generation. I'm the first in my family to graduate high school, go to college. I'm the first to own a business. And when I grew up, the notions of success were like you become a doctor or you become a lawyer or you pursue something in business. And so I went through life kind of going down that channel. Checklist. I got to college. I was pre-med, hated it, crossed it off the list, so no longer a doctor. And then after college, I pursued law school, got there, hated it, crossed off lawyer. <laughs> and uh, and I'm someone who's also openly gay, and I've been working in these very like conservative and traditional sort of work environments. And I had friends that were starting to work in tech and working in marketing and sales, mm-hmm. and they were sharing their experiences openly about being in the workplace and all the free lunches and puppies and guest <laughs> speakers and all these things that were happening. I was like, I want a piece of that. So mm-hmm. um, after leaving law school, I uh, 
found an opportunity through one of my best friends who was working at WebMD. And I interviewed not knowing anything about tech or advertising or, or sales or anything at all. And I went through eight rounds of interviews and the rest was history. So I got my sales career started at WebMD. And then after that, I moved over to the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. Um, and after that experience is when I got my title of sales executive. And that set me up for other opportunities down the line. So when you look at the rest of my resume, I jumped over from the East Coast to the West Coast because that's where all the moving and shaking was happening in the industry is relative to advertising and tech. Um, and I ended up being recruited about six months into living in California. I was recruited to work at LinkedIn and that completely changed my life. And that set me up for all the other opportunities that you mentioned on my website. I've worked at places like Google and Uber and Tesla. Mm -hmm. um, and these are all companies I've been recruited to. Uh, I've been part of their sales organizations. And it was awesome. It was amazing. And that whole promise of being able to bring my whole self to work and thrive um, yeah. wasn't entirely fulfilled. And so I'm someone who is a bit of an accidental entrepreneur <laughs> because when I wasn't getting what I needed intellectually um, or financially for that matter from having a full-time job and living in the Bay Area, right. um, I started like on the side consulting when people would approach me and say, hey, Luis, how did you do that whole LinkedIn thing? And how did you get recruited for all these companies? Can you help me? And I did that enough times. And so I started getting tapped on the shoulders like, Luis, how do you, how do you do the like side hustle thing while working full time? Like, how are you running a business? Talk to me. And that is really how the path unfolded for me until I got here today. Um, and that side hustle empowered me to walk away from jobs where I wasn't happy and I wasn't treated well, and I didn't see opportunity for growth. Um, and it allowed me to, to move on. And, and instead of climbing the corporate ladder, I now sit at the top of my own. Oh, I love that. that. That's amazing. And how long how long have you been doing it on your own? Like, when did you stop working uh, for other people? Yeah, 2017. So I stepped down from my role at Tesla and I've been out here doing my thing. And I started, <laughs> um, you know, working with clients one-on-one. -on -one and I worked primarily in the sort of like sales and marketing function where I would be the person to implement systems and processes and tools that would connect marketing efforts with sales efforts, create analytics and other things that allowed us to make smarter decisions for people's businesses. Um, and so that's the, the sort of path that I started down. Um, and when I kind of reached a peak and said, you know, this is A, exhausting and B, limiting in terms of like how many people I can serve. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when I developed an online training program. So I have an online sales training program and a group coaching experience that I've created um, in addition to my one-on-one -on -one client work. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we'll get in. I'm going to going to ask about the the programs and I love the sales huddle like I just love that whole concept so I was looking at that too but yeah I'll dive into that later <laughs> um yeah oh, that's that's amazing like I just it's all so I, I can't like you're I love that your range of experience is just so <laughs> big you know because you're able to help so many different type of you know business owners yeah. And that's really the goal, uh, Nicole, if I'm going to be very honest with you, uh, part of what really inspired me to go down this path was like, you know, I've learned all these strategies, working with big companies, doing big things, you know, really large budgets. And, and these strategies and these processes are repeatable and, and can definitely be scalable for smaller businesses. And so I want to, you know, be of service to business owners that otherwise wouldn't have this kind of strategic thinking in their corner. 
that is definitely part of what's inspired my work. And I specifically pursue collaborations with women, with people who are LGBTQIA, with people who are BIPOC, because I want to see more and more people thriving in online business. There is, the pie is so big. There's yeah. just so much for all of us, <laughs> right? And I just want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to get some trustworthy support as they're growing their businesses. Yes. Oh, I feel the same way just about marketing, like every yeah. single thing. Cause like I've worked with quite a few big companies as well. And then you, know, you talk to people and they just, they don't quite, they don't have that budget and, you know, and they mm-hmm. don't know where to start. Cause there's like a million different ways to do it. And, you know, Bob down the street doing a certain way. So you feel like you have to do it that way, but that's not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to work for your business. So right. I, I love that. So yeah. What is like, like, is it a mindset thing with sales? Like, so what do you like, what is like the number one mistake you see like business owners make, you know, like, like I said before mm-hmm. we hit record, like, I feel like it has kind of like a, a bad connotation, but I mean, sales mm-hmm. are necessary. Like we have to make money to be able to help them make money as well. You know what I mean? So like, exactly. what, do you, what do you see as that, I don't know, any trends or mistakes kind of thing? Absolutely. So I think when I connect with people, when I connect with business owners, the first thing that we really try to submit for them is what is your role as an entrepreneur? It isn't to be on that constant grind. It isn't to be on that hamster wheel. The ultimate goal as an entrepreneur is to drive revenues and support the sustainability of that, right? But also to create jobs. And so, you know, the the thing that I really try to emphasize for folks is like you you have to figure out ways of cloning yourself and getting out of your own way (laughs) relative (laughs) to how you're growing your business. Now, the other thing is I encourage people to think about who they're serving and think about who else is trying to get their attention. There are so many people that do businesses in really unethical ways. Mm -hmm. And there are people that are winning over clients that are probably less qualified or less passionate or less driven than you. And so you don't want to miss the opportunity to serve people. You signed up to be in business. You raised your hand. You put yourself out there. You got the website, the Instagram popping, everything together. (laughs) You know, you want to make sure you really show up for the occasion. And I think that when people think about sales, uh, there's this aversion to sales. When they think about salespersonship, they think of that sleazy, sharky, like car dealership type of experience right. when someone's just like prying on you and trying to, you know, push something on you that you don't necessarily want or you don't really trust the, the advice that they're offering you. You don't have confidence in the pricing, right? Then there's the other sort of sleazy experience, which is that experience of stepping into like an electronics store. And, you know, you're looking at one item and suddenly someone pops out of nowhere is introducing three items to you and they're pushing warranties and guarantees and all these things that you don't really need or want, right? And no one wants to be that person. No one wants to be that pushy, sleazy, overbearing, uh, you know, untrustworthy type of person. And a lot of the folks that I connect with are very purpose-driven, right? The entrepreneurs that I work with are life coaches, they're attorneys, they're accountants, they're creatives. You know, they are folks that do work with real intention 
And that whole notion of sales or sleaziness is completely at odds with who they are or how they want to do business. Mm -hmm. And so that mindset shift that you're talking about, Nicole, it all starts with number one, like, let's really like stand in your own power. Let's do an assessment of all the value that you stack. I want you moving very confidently as you're engaging with people. I don't want you flinching when you introduce your offers. I don't want you backing down if people say no to your pricing, right? And part of that is like really like inspiring your, yourself up in your belly with the, with, with the way that you show up. And then the other thing is inviting someone to design their whole business and their whole process on their terms. And so we started our conversation with video ask and that sort of interactive video experience that you mentioned on my website. That is one of the levers that I love to introduce for people to pull when they are looking to get away from being sleazy or pushy or, you know, they're worried about automations and the, and, and skimming over the authenticity or the soul of their business or brand, right? Show face, get in front of the camera, be present for people, invite them to have a conversation with you. That is the way that we do sales now. It is no longer about algorithms and automations. It's about being a real person that's available for real people. Oh, I love that. That makes <laughs> it's, and I, I feel like, you know, people like we just, we jump into business and we don't take a step back to really look at that big picture of, you know, what we're doing, why we're doing and what we're worthy of, which is such mm-hmm. a huge aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that part of, uh, and you know, maybe this, maybe this is my own experience. I'll speak from my own accord <laughs> here. And I don't know if this was your experience, Nicole, but when I stepped away from working full time, I had to go through a sort of reconditioning or re-socialization, if you will, where Mm -hmm. I stopped looking at myself as an employee, right? I stopped looking for permission or validation or instructions, right? And I just started to go for it. Mm -hmm. And I got very comfortable being uncomfortable that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's um, definitely being uncomfortable, like being comfortable with being super uncomfortable is, I feel like, you know, like the pure definition of being an entrepreneur in my book mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's also about rewriting your your own script or your own story, yeah. right? So it's about how you show up and how you communicate the way that you show up for people rather than saying, oh, I kind of sort of help or I kind of sort of do that. I help, I do, I provide, I create. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to really speak in the affirmative and that kind of confidence that you're looking for to connect with people uh, do it authentically and graciously and, and, you know, and without being pushy or sleazy or anything, part of that confidence is just like really owning your own swagger. Yeah. Oh, I love that. See, and yeah, I hate video, which is like why we, I have a podcast, <laughs> but like <laughs> it is so true. Cause there's no like beating, even if it's like awkward or whatever, you know, people can still feel and see a person and get to like know a little bit of them, even if they're not like flawless on video, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I think it's like that fear, at least it is for me of like, okay, I just won't do it, um, which is not mm-hmm. serving me or anyone else. But um, <laughs> like, <laughs> do you have any tips on that? On like just getting out of, you know, kind of starting to get out of your comfort zone to like, you know, really go after your dreams. Absolutely. I think that you have to really parse things down. You're having one conversation at a time. 
I think that when I connect with folks who are really terrified of things like live streaming on social media or producing weekly videos for YouTube or something like that, mm -hmm. the preoccupation is I am in front of the whole world saying all the things, bearing it all, looking crazy or stupid or unbuttoned <laughs> up or whatever it is that that inner you know, critic is saying that we're doing, <laughs> right? Um, but let's really parse this down. And especially this day and age, it's no longer about quantity, it's about quality. And so when I connect with people, they're like, man, you know, like my follower count on Instagram is this number or my email list size is that number. I don't have very many subscribers. And then my first question is great. So let's say you have 200 email subscribers on your list. Are they 200 customers? Right. How many of those people have actually had a conversation with you uh, or were invited to have a conversation with you? I think that's the, the the missing link there, right? So you can start to personalize your experience for people. Whenever folks sign up for my email list, for example, I try my very best. And I say this when Asterix says, <laughs> I try my very best. And some weeks get a little crazier than others. But I try to personally welcome each person that signs up for my email list with a personalized video. I'm not speaking uh -huh. to the world. Yeah. I'm just speaking to the one person um, and I try to interject the message in there between my automation so I don't overload them with messages or anything like that. But just a quick video ask just to say, hey, so-and-so, I noticed the, you know, this little automation, automation birdie told me you signed up for my masterclass or you signed up for my, my sales scripts. Um, you know, and I just wanted to just thank you for your trust and thank you for, for the validation here. And I just want to make sure that what I'm providing for you is actually helping. So let me know if what the experience you've had has fallen short, if there's anything else I can provide, or if you have a question about something completely unrelated, hit the button, hit reply, talk it out with me. I love that. That's just, that's so amazing that, you know, and that, that makes such a standout memory in, in, on a person, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they're going to remember the getting a personalized video tailored just to them, you know, and that really stands yeah. out in like, you know, there's so much digital noise these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to remember someone who took the moment to address you by your name, <laughs> right? <laughs> Rather than just like leaving it up to the automations and the algorithm. Right. You're going to remember someone who took that, that moment um, to offer themselves to you, not sell, not push, not, right. you know, click here to five X your results or click right. there to 10 X your revenue, right? Like, no, that's not the message. <laughs> right. The message is let me know what you need. I want to help. And by just offering yourself that way, you create opportunities for conversations that naturally segue into consultation. So people might come to you with a problem or a question. They're trying to weigh one outcome versus the other or you know, one strategy versus the other. And if you can be the person to advise them and in a very trustworthy way, then they're going to be more open to listening to anything else you have to say or whatever it is that you might have to offer. Yeah. And so you you don't end up selling so much as just consulting. And in my corporate days, we called it consultative sales. Uh, you know, in these days and times, and in the pandemic, I'm hearing uh, relationship marketing is the new <laughs> sort of like buzzword, right? And so, uh, but it is all about just that personalized touch. Yes. Oh, I love that. Uh, it makes total sense. And I think, you know, it, people, I think, you know, they, we tend to overthink things too. And you kind of forget just like how simple it can be it can be just like giving your attention and having a conversation and trying to help you know like not having like a hard call to action to buy anything you know like 
like you said, those will naturally lead into to other conversations. Yeah. And I tell folks all the time who come to me with, you know, the numbers, tears, oh, my email list is so small, my follower count is low. And it's like, you know what, if I got you a thousand people on your email list right now, how would you then nurture these relationships and turn them into sales? Mm. That's where people get tripped up. They're like, well, you know, there's the, the automation, the sequence <laughs> and the email service provider. And, you know, I could run retargeting ads. You know, they start to spin their wheels <laughs> and, and they, they do anything but just talk to the person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh, <it's> so true. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, that person is like out here um, looking at your competitors, looking at all the other options out there, yeah. being distracted by, you know, $27, $37 template offers and things like that. And, and and they're still stuck on the problem. And the reason they're out here spinning their wheels is because no one's just introduced themselves and said, hey, you know, my name is Luis. My name is Nicole. We're here to help you. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I downloaded your book, because, like the uh, the ebook about, you know, if you hate to sell or like coaches this is for you if you hate to sell, which is so great. I already like read through it. And so, and everybody else should go get it too on his website. And I will leave that note in like the podcast notes. But um, I love that you talked about like purposeful prospecting. Can you like tell us a little bit more about that? Like tell the listeners of how, you know, to get started with things like that. Absolutely. I think the first thing, you know, I mentioned, if I brought you a thousand people to your email list, would you even know what to do with them? Right. <laughs> um, when we talk about purpose, purposeful prospecting, it is about that exercise of going out there and connecting with those thousand people. And it's about doing it with a real purpose of serving and being a mm -hmm. servant leader versus being spammy, meaning you don't lead conversations by dropping links you lead conversations by offering advice or offering recommendations. And so the way that I like to teach this sort of framework is you, when you step into developing relationships, there are four eyes that I like to refer to. I have a, a mini framework just to simplify things. So first you want to think about impressing people and that's about your contribution. So let's think about stepping into, for example, a Facebook group. And being an active member of that community, always being the first one to jump on the opportunity to serve, to answer questions, to offer advice, to link people within the group, introduce them to one another. Oh, I'm looking for support with this. Oh, so-and-so has a solution. Let me introduce you, tag them, et cetera. When you become that kind of connector, connected tissue and contributor within a group, you're impressing at scale. And it doesn't mean spending all your time doing all the things and being in every Facebook group. Like literally you pick one, you do it purposefully, you do it intentionally and consistently, and you're going to start to move the needle in your favor. Mm -hmm. After you've succeeded in impressing people, you've then, and you've gotten their attention. The next goal is to inspire them. So after you become that go-to person in that Facebook group, for example, suddenly these folks are going to start falling into your orbit. They're going to you know, gravitate towards you. Mm -hmm. They're going to peep all the things that you're doing, click around the website, the social media, opt into your freebies, perhaps. But at this point, they're just looking to see, like, is this person trustworthy? Do they know what they're talking about? Are they showing up for their people? And, and ultimately, are they accessible? 
that's the other thing, right? So many mm -hmm. folks are so inaccessible. They hide behind so many paywalls and they're just not available for simple questions. Mm -hmm. right? So that's part of how you inspire people is, um, you know, through the, the, the resources that you create for them and the things that you make visible to them as they're kind of falling into your orbit or your gravitational pull. Then once you've impressed and you've inspired, you've earned an opportunity to influence that person. So let's say they've opted in for that sales playbook that you mentioned, for example. Um, I can then, once somebody opts into my list, um, I can become an influential person in their lives by making sure that I show up for them consistently. And not in like a shove content down your throat type of way, mm -hmm. but really just being thoughtful about the things that I deliver, how consistently I deliver them. And thinking about, of course, directly engaging with folks. So I already gave you one of my secret sauce sort of tips <laughs> is as people join my email list, I take that moment to thank them. I take that moment to look in the camera, say their name, appreciate them, and let them know that I run a real business for real people. <clears throat> and so once uh, that happens, that then creates conversation. I invite the person to respond to me. Sometimes they do right away. Sometimes they don't, but they remember that message mm -hmm. and they come back to it when they are ready after they've had their time in my orbit and they've gotten a little dizzy and they're ready to touch down. <laughs> 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 right. So that's where we start to then create an opportunity to invite them to a conversation. So you impress, you inspire, you influence and when you've done those three things successfully, then you can invite someone to a conversation. And that is not about selling. That mm -hmm. is about inviting someone to a collaboration, to a brainstorm, to a moment of safe space, right? Because the thing is, and, and I teach high ticket sales, like high ticket coaching and masterminds and things like that. At that price point, people need a moment to be seen mm -hmm. and heard and understood before they would ever consider opening their wallets. And that requires a conversation, right? You can't sell, let's say, for example, a $70,000 car. <laughs> you, you can't just you know, expect someone to walk on the lot, see the car and go, oh, that's my favorite color. Yup, I like the leather. Yup, okay, I'll take this one. Without interacting with a human being at mm -hmm. some point, without having a moment of like, well, you know, I got to fit my bike and, you know, I got the kids and, you know, sometimes we drive about, you know, 100 miles on average and this and this and that. Like, you've got to just have a moment to talk it out, test drive, et cetera, before you make that kind of investment. And that is the same experience we want to create for people when it comes to online experiences with us collaborating with us whether it's our services or our programs mm -hmm. give them that moment to just ask the questions i love that it makes total sense like i, I love that i've just taken notes to the four eyes those are like i just love that um like cadence that it goes in and it makes so much sense to just really start a relationship you know in a conversation um mm -hmm. and just yeah i love that yeah, I when I connect with folks, I, one of the things that I like to do, um, I, as you talked about, like what's the aversion to sales or like what's the mindset thing that happens. Yeah. One of the things that I, I also really like doing is crunching numbers for folks, mm -hmm. um, because once you put the numbers in play, then they get excited, and, and if you can simplify the numbers for them, even more so. Um, and I always like to refer back to a story of one of my first first clients when I first got started. Uh, she was a VP of a tech company, had been working for years 
um, and saw what I was doing and said, Hey Luis, you know, this, this whole online business thing, like I see so many people doing it. Everyone's out here posting pictures on their laptops from the beach. Like how realistic is this? Like, how do we really <laughs> create and design this in a way that isn't overwhelming and is super manageable. Right. Um, and, you know, allows me to just kind of like balance my life and, and my income that way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we looked at the opportunity to, um, design a business that suited that. And I accepted the challenge. And so we said, okay, you want to go into life coaching. She was working on her certification on the side while wrapping up her full-time gig, mm-hmm. thinking about the website, thinking about the launch. Um, and we crunched the numbers and we said, okay, let's think about what it takes to serve one client all in from, let me find this person to nurturing the relationship, to onboarding them, serving them, wrapping up the engagement, renew talking about renewals or continuity or anything else. It takes about an average of 10 hours per client per month. Mm. And this person was very keen on like, how do we go from working 40 hours a week <laughs> to maybe even 40 hours a month? Well, th- this was it, you know, instead of looking at the scope of like, oh, I need a hundred people on my email list, or I need mm-hmm. a thousand followers on Instagram, what you actually need are four clients per month. And if you charge $1,500 per client per month, that puts you in a position to have really good income. Mm-hmm. and really good life and work harmony without the overwhelm of trying to figure out how to convert a hundred people. Right. You're having one conversation at a time. That's the trick to it. I think as far as how do we take that overwhelm away and that fixation on numbers and audience growth, etc. I like to play the Jenga game. I pull out that one piece that, you know, makes everyone's kind of theory fall apart. And it's like, what does your business look like if you do less and if you work with fewer people, but you make more money? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I make <laughs> makes total sense. <laughs> right. So eventually though, in, you know, like the conversation, the prospecting and like nurturing, like at some point, like, I don't know if it would be called like, you have to ask for the sale or, you know what I mean? Or like, I guess at that point when you've just made the relationship so comfortable and, you know, it just takes that next step. But I know so many people are scared to like ask for the sale. And I say that in air quotes. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you have like... Do you, what do you think on like that? Like how did it just naturally happens for people or is there a certain strategy you kind of use to, to do that? Yeah. I like to pause and ask for permission. I think ah. that when folks show up for conversations, they're so like nervous about saying the wrong things, coming off the wrong way, being sleazy, being overwhelming, etc., And then they end up doing just that. <laughs> and it just comes from a place of like, they're so fixated on like getting through their script, getting through their sales right. deck or getting through their whole process that they're not, they're not connecting with the person on the other line. Mm. Um, and that buyer needs to be included in the decision-making process. They are making a decision for themselves. You know, they're looking to make an investment of sorts and they want to work with someone who's actually going to listen to them. And Mm -hmm. so when you practice a sort of permission-based kind of selling or sales strategy, that invites you or reminds you to invite them to the conversation. So I, for example, when I kick off a call, I thank the person for being on the call with me. I thank them for their time. I remind them how we met. 
I remind them why we're on the call in the first place and what the desired outcome is. And then I pause and I say, are we still on the same page? Does this sound correct to you? Does this sound like a good use of our time today? Mm-hmm. I love that. And that is thoughtful, compassionate, inclusive, mm-hmm. without being sleazy and still moving the conversation along. So let's you know further in the sales conversation, you've presented, you know, this is my program. These are the folks that I typically work with. This is the kind of success and results people have seen. This is what's included, levels of support, et cetera. And then you pause for a moment and say, does this sound in line with what you need or what you were anticipating? Mm. Right? So after you've done your like features and benefits, just check in with that person. Is this still, are we still on the same page here? Mm. They'll appreciate that you paused. And they will feel included in the decision-making process. That is not a sale. That is a proper consult. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. And like I said, too, I was watching your sales huddle clip and like your words and are just amazing. And they just flow so well. And you talk about like, you know, booking the co- the next call on that phone call. And I was like, it's oh, a great idea. Like, duh. Why would I like <laughs> Because like sometimes I'll follow up with an email and then it's like, wait, I should just do it then. And then it's like guaranteed and everybody knows what's happening next. And it was just, Mm -hmm. just so flawless and great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's part of my, my strategy for sure. Right. When you slow down and you check in and you ask those questions, it makes it really seamless. And what you described was uh, an example of how I guide someone through like a a B2B sales. So one Mm -hmm. business to another, trying to engage in, in a contract or, or, uh, collaboration. Um, you have that initial call. Most people call it a discovery call. You can call mm-hmm. it an interview, alignment, clarity call, however it fits into your brand and your business and your flow. But it's an opportunity for you to connect with the person, really hear out their problem, and then really make an assessment of whether or not y'all are a fit to collaborate. Right. And if you are, then you invite them to take a look at, you know, here's my program, here's my service, here are the things I can do for you. And without pressuring them into making a decision right there or without pressuring yourself into pulling the trigger and and maybe collaborating with someone who's not a total fit, right? You allow some space and some grace and you say this, you know, based on what you're telling me today, it sounds like we're a fit for collaboration. What I'd like to do is put together my ideas and my thoughts around timelines and goals and things that you shared with me today and put together a proper game plan, a timeline week by week about how we're going to get you from point A to point Z. And if you don't mind, why don't we reconnect this same time this Friday? How does that sound to you? Yeah, I love it. That is no pressure, right? (laughs) Yeah, no pressure, but it like keeps the conversation going and it's just, it feels so, yeah, like aligned. Like it just feels like such a a great way to... uh, just connect and and keep connecting really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It just, it's, it invites them to be a part of the process. It's not a yeah. hard sale. I love it. Um, and speaking of that, yeah. Like tell everybody more about like your sales huddle, the different programs you have going on. Cause you've got so much going on and like, you know, everybody needs sales training. Um, I feel like we just got like a ton, but yeah, I'd love for you to share like what all the stuff you have going on so people can learn more and connect with you too. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, I think the best way to find out what I'm up to is don't go to social media. I don't want (laughs) you to be distracted by the puppy videos and all the things when it comes to sales and training. (laughs) I need your focus. And so I invite you to check out luisbaez.com forward slash learn. I have a couple of complimentary resources and sales scripts and templates to get you started. I've got a masterclass training on some of the things that we just discussed today. Like how do you, the, the four eyes, how do you impress, inspire, influence? and then invite. So if you need reinforcement on that framework, I certainly offer it. Um, And relative to the sales huddle, that is my group coaching experience. And so I work with folks who are coaches, creators, and consultants, people who are looking to sell and launch and their expertise online, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's premium coaching services or whether it's a group program or an online program at a premium tier. Um, I work with folks and I help them design these products and services and then implement an authentic selling process, similar to what I've described to you today, uh, to remove that sleaziness and inauthenticity out of the process and empower folks to show up as their whole selves for their audiences. And I supplement that training with uh, group coaching uh, throughout the week. So I have the weekly sales huddle. We all come together as a group. We celebrate our wins. We share it in intelligence across our industries. Mm-hmm. We invite each other to collaborate. Um, and then I also hold office hours during the week so that people can drop in ask questions as they need to. I run sales challenges every month. Office hours are a great place to talk things out as you're working through those challenges. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, it's like, sounds like just so much support. I mean, and you know, like, and that's, I feel like too, you know, especially being an online business owner, like that's huge because it can be lonely and stressful and it can also be amazing, but you're like, Hey, I don't have anyone to celebrate. Cause I don't have any coworkers, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, that you have and- a community. <laughs> It's important. It was actually inspired by my experience in Silicon Valley. And one of the things that we would do as sales teams is we would huddle once a week, at least. We'd come together, we'd celebrate wins, we'd talk about things that are going on in the industry, we'd share you know, customer feedback about product, we'd have people from the product team in the room, and we'd talk to them directly about updates and wish lists and things like that. And so I thought about precisely what you mentioned, is like entrepreneurship is so lonely. And I think that the the especially in the context of like American capitalism, that's so like self-deterministic, we take everything on, right? Like, this is my brand. This is my name. This is my business. I've got to do the things. These are my ideas. I've got to figure this out myself and nothing can be further from the truth. Again, your goal as an entrepreneur is to generate revenue and create jobs. And that cannot possibly happen alone in a silo. And so I created the sales huddle because I wanted to make sure that folks had not only that like best in class sales training where they talk things out with me one on one and they you know have me in their corner, but I want them to have a community and a network of other people that are in the trenches just like them so that they are never alone or stuck on anything for longer than they need to be. Oh, I love that. Because, yeah, you could I mean, you know multiple brains are better than one. And so when you're stuck and it's so hard to like see it, you know, so hard to see past the trees, but sometimes, you know, when you have somebody else, it's like, Oh wait, you try that. And you're like, Oh, okay. I didn't even think of that. Like, that's amazing. 100%. <laughs> I'm going to look into the sales. I know Christina was telling me all about it and I was like, Oh, I got to look into this. Um, <laughs> We'd love to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicole. I really, this has been so fun. I, 
Oh, I hope that I didn't overwhelm. I know that I can definitely show up and, and say too much sometimes and be too verbose, but I wanted to make sure that your audience heard it, you know, from me that doing that personalized touch, doing sales your way, talking to one person, not everybody at a time, but one person at a time, that is how you're going to win this day and age, especially yes. over the bigger companies. I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I, I feel like even so too, like in this past year of, you know, everything that's gone on, it's even more important and people really, really crave that personal connection even more. So being mm. able to provide that is just going to make you stand out. It's just like a total game changer. hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. I know you're so busy, but uh, this has just been so much fun. I'm so glad I got to sip champagne in the middle of the week and, you know, make a new friend. This has been amazing. Thank you for <laughs> sharing you, everything. Nicole. Like it, it was no. really help, really helpful. The the honor is all mine. I thank you so much for the fact that this podcast exists. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing and creating opportunities for folks like me to step up and, and share and share our stories. And yeah. I just appreciate you for opening your doors, opening your arms and your heart. And, you know, for anyone listening, I hope that you learned something today. And, and if you didn't, I hope that you'll ask for help. Yes, I love that. So important to ask for help when you need it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for listening, Thanks everyone. For listening to this week's episode of Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, join us in the Bubbles and Biz community. We have weekly accountability and open office hour and rotating events like group coaching from me, networking, expert guests, and more. Join us to connect, collaborate, and celebrate. Learn more at bubblesandbiz.co.